Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. My name is Tom Short, so glad to have you along today as we get in the Word of God here every single day, talk about it, pray about it, and allow it to change our lives. There's power in the Word of God, and we need it if we want to be the people God wants us to be. We've been discussing the idea of moral relativism versus moral absolutes. And how as believers, we believe there are moral absolutes. There are some things that are true from God. The morality does not, it's not that God just kind of flipped a coin and decided arbitrarily that it's better to not steal than to steal, or it's better to not have idols than to have idols. Uh, God, rather, the moral commandments given to us are a reflection of his nature. This is what we've been seeing and we want to see this in today's final of these ten, the last five of the Ten Commandments we've been going through. And today's commandment is an interesting one because it's the only one that doesn't actually have to do with behavior, but it has to do with our thoughts. And it says simply, you shall not covet. It's, as we see the commandments here, the final one, you shall not covet. And specifically, you shall not covet your neighbor's, well, as I'll read it here, you shall not covet your neighbor's um, property, your neighbor's house, your neighbor's wife, your neighbor's servants, his ox, his, his, his animals. You shall not covet anything that belongs to your neighbor. Now, this is an important thing that because this is our thoughts, and it's important we understand what is really being said here. There can be a lot of confusion about what is the sin. Is it a sin to be tempted? Is it a sin to be, what, what is it? Well, this word covet, what it really refers to is to have an intense desire to have what belongs to another person. In the specific commandment, his house, his property, his wife, his the people who work for him, his his animals, his car, his possessions, to have an intense desire for them. Notice, it's, it's interesting. This is not saying it's wrong, for instance, to say, well, that guy has a nice house. He worked hard for it, and look how he earned it. If I work hard, maybe I can earn something like that someday. Or that guy's got a wonderful wife. You know, he's a good person of course he got a person like that. Boy, if I became a better person, maybe someday I could have a wonderful wife too. I'm, you know, for a single person we're talking about. It's not the idea of being seeing someone else's success or prosperity and being motivated in your own heart to say, I if I do my part, I could have that as well. But rather it's saying, I want his house or I want his wife. I don't want him to have it. I want to have it. That's what coveting is. It is the, the intense desire to have what someone else possesses. The, reason, the problem with this is that even though it's in the mind, this will almost always lead to actual behavior sins. All nine of the, other, of the Ten Commandments, the other nine, are all behaviors. And this one, likewise, is a uh, this is a thought that leads to behavior. In other words, you intensely desire something that someone else has, you might murder him to get it. You might commit adultery with his wife. It's not that you just want a wife. You want his wife, and then that would lead to adultery. It's not that you want uh, some possession. You want his possession, and that would lead to theft. It might even be you're jealous of his reputation. 
You're jealous of the way people look at him. And so you are intensely want that same praise. And so you will, uh, out of your covetousness, bear false witness against that person. You will slander them. You will, you'll, you'll wrongly testify about them. You'll pass on bad information because you want to knock them down so that you can have that praise. Indeed, some people who have a problem with covetousness and who desire the praise of others, they have this attitude towards God. They slander God. They ridicule God. They mock God. They reject God. They grumble against God because they, they're coveting the praise that God gets. They want that for themselves. They desire intensely to, be, to get credit, to be noticed, to be honored. And they have a jealousy out, out of covetousness. They have a jealousy that God gets it instead of them. Do you see how coveting can be a bad sin and deserves to be in the Ten Commandments? Like I said, it's the only thought thought sin here, but it can lead, if not controlled and not crucified, not stopped, if allowed, it will lead to these other sinful behaviors. I do want to stress that we understand that coveting doesn't mean that we're motivated to be a better person, to work harder, to, to do a better job, so that we might be rewarded for our work because we see others who have done well and they were or they were rewarded. That, that we don't want to. On one sense, we want to be content that God has given someone else a gift, or someone else earned something and they received it. Without we're content that God has blessed them, without ourselves having it, and yet we can still be motivated on, on our part to work hard. I hope you see what that says, and we'll get into this a little bit more in just a second. In, in this, as we talk about the five Ps here, and remember as we've discussed the moral aspects of, of uh, each of the moral, uh, uh, the, the, the thinking behind each of the moral causes, let's, let's look for a minute at these at the five P's behind this one. It's a little bit harder because, again, this is thought. But the first precept, precept, what is the commandment here? Number one, you shall not covet. That's what it is. You shall not desire, you shall not intensely desire, seek after anything that belongs to another person. This would be wrong. And again, as we've described, the intense desire, I want what you have specifically. I want to get it from you. What's the principle behind here? Well, the principle really is that I have a respect for other people and a respect for what God has given. And it is a respect for God. Notice, look at this verse in James chapter 1. Every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights with whom there's no variation or shifting shadow. When we're tempted to be envious or covetous of another person, Sometimes we need to, one thing that helps me step back is realize God has given that to them. Now, I'm not talking, obviously, about the person who got it through corruption, the person who, who, uh, who stole from another person and who enriched themselves through oppression. But I'm talking about if I have a friend, a peer, or someone you know, that I know in my church, my family, my neighborhood, who has, uh, you know, they've, they've gotten more than me. They've gotten things that are nice that I don't have. Rather than be 
envious of them or covetous of them or say, I want it. What I want to do is I want to bless God and praise God that God gave that to them. God blessed them. And I want to see God as the source of that blessing in their life. Every good, every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above. It comes down from God. If someone else has a talent, a skill that I don't have, if someone else has a possession that I don't have, if so, whatever someone else has, rather than being resentful, envious, covetous, any of these things, I want to say this is from God. God blessed them. And I want to give thanks and I want to thank God. Now, that doesn't mean God can't bless me as well. That, see, that doesn't mean I need to, if I only thought there's only so much blessing to go around, I might be envious of them. But God is a, God, God's got plenty of blessing to give. God's an abundant God. God can bless them and God can bless me too. So I don't have to have a negative attitude. I can be thankful and grateful towards what God has given them. And then I can say, God, what you've given to me, I'm content and I'm motivated. I'm content with what I have received from you. I'm content with the gifts, the skills, the strengths you've given me. I'm content with my lot in life. And yet I'm also, there's nothing wrong with saying I'm motivated to improve my lot in life as I do it righteously and then the honor, honoring and fear of God and, and bring God into this picture. You see, I don't do it separate from God. When we do it separate from God, often that's when we're sinning and we, we, we have our own schemes and plans, but we involve God in our life and everything we do. Your, your, your wealth, your ministry, your activity, your family, all these things, there's plenty of blessing for God to give around, to, plenty of God's blessing to go around. In fact, it's an important thing to understand in our political world today. There are, there is some, a lot of political activity that's designed to make us envious of others' success, to make us covet what others have, have earned, to make us want, to make us think we, I deserve what someone else has. And part of that comes from thinking there's only so much pie out there. The pie is only so big. And that person's got a bigger piece of the pie than me, and I complain about the inequality of it. And I say, my lack is because he's got so much. Not necessarily. In the world of economics, in, the, in God's world, in an abundant world, God can bless a lot. We can bless us all. In Deuteronomy, it says that God would want there to be no poor among us. Now, Jesus, remember, Jesus did say, the poor you'll have with you always. But he was referring, believe it or not, to a time back in Deuteronomy. Maybe we'll talk about this in the coming week, coming day, a time in Deuteronomy where God said, if you follow my laws, there'll be no poor amongst you. The pie, the pie is plenty big as long as there's not oppression and greed and covetousness and sin. We don't fix a problem by sinning further. If someone has gotten their wealth unjustly, we don't fix a problem by us coveting what they have. No, that's, that, that would be unjust. My point being, we don't want to give in to this idea that my lot in life is not good because someone else's is good. God can bless them. God can bless you. In your heart of hearts, might I encourage you to learn how to be grateful for the success of other people, to be thankful to God for God's blessing in the lives of other people. And it doesn't mean he can't bless you too. This is such an important lesson. Envy doesn't get you ahead in God's way. 
Covetousness doesn't get you ahead in God's way. Thinking my, my failure or my lack is because someone else has too much, that doesn't get you ahead in God's way. Learn how to be thankful for God's blessing to others and, say, and, and then be willing to receive more into your own life. God will bless you if your heart is right towards others. God will bless you if you're grateful for his kindness towards others. If you're resentful for how God has blessed others, I don't know how much you, you can expect he's going to bless you. You be thankful for everything, every good gift bestowed, every good gift given. It comes down from God. So be thankful, even if someone else was the recipient of that gift. The principle behind it, again, I said, is, is that we see God. God is the giver of gifts. The person is God. God is the one who gives, and we're grateful to him, as, as I was just saying. What does this protect us from? If we, if we don't have covetousness in our lives, this protects us from the greed that leads to murder, theft, adultery, destroying other people's lives so I can have what they have. And that's what it is. Covetous means I'm going, to, I'm going to damage someone else because I want what they have, and we're warned against this. It provides us with secure relationships, happy relationships, a happy life, a content life. This is what we want. Now, some people believe, and I hear on campus a lot, that all sins are equal. I don't want to have time to go into this too, too much right now, but I don't believe all sins are equal. Remember yesterday I said I believe there's a hierarchy of sins, and I believe the Ten Commandments more or less Again, I'm not entirely sure. I was asked how, how the middle one relates uh, of the family. I'm not entirely sure, but there is a descending order of seriousness. All sins are wrong. All sins are sin. All sin separates us from God. God will judge all sin. But some sin are worse sins than others. This was my point. And this idea of covenanting brings it out even more again. Jesus in the New Testament, remember he said, you've heard that it said you should not commit adultery. I say if you look upon a woman to lust for her, you've committed adultery already in your heart. Believe it or not, I know young people who tell me, well, since all sins are equal and all sins are the same, and we've already lusted for one another in our heart, so we decided to go ahead and do it. We decided to go ahead and have sex because they're all the same anyway, and we'd already done it, so... There's no difference. There is a difference. It's wrong to have lust in your heart. It's wrong to covet. It's wrong for you to desire what belongs to another. It's wrong for you to covet another man's wife. It's wrong for you to, 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 to covet their, their possessions and so forth. That's wrong. But it's worse to then actually act upon it so that you commit adultery or you steal or you murder or you, you engage in the behavior that you were thinking in your mind. All sin is wrong, some is worse. Now, I said earlier, it's important to understand, temptation is not a sin. This coveting does not mean that it enters your mind to, to, uh, uh, maybe a negative thought towards someone because they have something you don't have. That's temptation. Covetousness means when you cultivate that thought. You let that thought take root in your heart. You develop a true animosity towards someone who has what you don't have. And that, that, that negative thought towards the person for what they have, it takes root, it gets strong, it begins to motivate you, it begins to eat you up and tear you up. That's the sin. 
Again, when you're tempted, we're all tempted. Jesus was tempted in all things, yet without sin. And so if you're tempted with this thought, just let it go on out. I, I picture a thought coming in my ear. I picture there's no, nothing in my brain, nothing in my head. My head's empty. And the thought comes in, and it goes right out the other side. And that's the way it ought to do. When it becomes sinful is when like my head becomes like a ping, ping, ping um, uh, ball machine where the thought stays in here and bang, 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 bang. It stays in my head rather than it came in and it's just gone right on out. That's what we want to do, okay? So let's be people. Let's be people who don't covet. In our heart of hearts, what's the key to not coveting? Be content and be grateful for what God has, content with what you have, grateful for what God has given to others, thanking God that he's blessed other people and letting his blessing on others motivate you as well to say, Father, here I am. I want to be in a position of receiving blessing as well. It all comes from you. I don't get it from them. What I have comes from God. Father in heaven, we thank you today that every good and perfect gift comes from you. We don't want to have covetous, envious, jealous attitudes towards others because we think that, that they have something we deserve. We want to see the hand of God in all that we have and all that we do. We're grateful for other people, Lord. We're grateful for others who have, who have been more successful than us. We're grateful for others who've, who've, who've achieved more than us. We thank you, Lord, and might that rather than us envy or be covetous of them or angry towards them, might we just let that motivate us in a wholesome, godly way to be available for you to exalt us, to use us, to lift us up, to bless us, to pour out the blessing. Thank you there's no end to your blessing. I want to thank you, Lord, you're not a limited God. I thank you that you're able to bless another person and bless me as well. Because another person's blessed doesn't mean I can't be. Because another person has received of your goodness doesn't mean there's not plenty left for me as well. I thank you, Lord. We give you praise. What a big God you are. What a wonderful God. Father, I pray that you'd help us to just have our thoughts be more God-oriented. We, we tend to look at other people and evil thoughts enter our hearts and our minds towards them. Help us not to be like that. Father, I think in our, in our culture today, it seems like there's, there's politicians who want to stir up anger towards others. They want to develop envy. They want to covet the success of others. They want to take from what others have and give to those of us who have not yet earned it. I pray, Father, that we would not fall for that. The, the, the lure of ill-gotten gain, of easy riches, of, of uh, the power of government taking from successful people and giving to those who did not earn. I pray we'd not fall for that easy riches road that is of the flesh and it comes from a covetous heart. Help us, Father, to be a country, a nation, a society, a family, a church, a group of churches that work hard and do our part and are thankful for your blessing in our lives and the blessing of others. And for this, we give you thanks. Take this day, use it for your glory, and be honored in our lives this day, we pray. In Jesus' name, we ask it. Amen, amen, and amen. All righty. Hey, I hope you've enjoyed this series. I'm, there might be some wrap-up tomorrow. So if you have some questions, drop me an email, tom at tomthepreacher.com, or leave them in the comments section below. Not the chat here on the live, but the comments section below. I read those throughout the day, 
and I can see if you have some questions. If you have some curiosity or want some clarity about anything I've shared about these moral absolutes as we've gone through them the last week or two. But anyway, that will be probably tomorrow on Saturday. Sunday, of course, we always talk about uh, a, a, a Christian song, either historic or contemporary, and understand what it means. What's that mean? We're every, we're here every day because we're not once a day, once a week Christians or once a year Christians or just when we feel like a Christians. God sees those of us who make a commitment to get in his word every day. It's not a long time, maybe 15, 20 minutes we're together. We talk about the word, pray about it because we are serious about following Christ. I hope you'll join us. I hope you're like that. Make a commitment, hit that subscribe, notify, be here every day, if you, live if you can. If not, later in the day, watch the video or listen to this podcast on the Apple, Spotify, or Google platform. And I hope you tell your friends because folks, we're in spiritual battle. We really are. We're in a battle in our families, in our churches, in our communities, in our nation, in our world, in our personal lives. A lot of people are failing at the battle. They're not winning. That's what we're here to help you have the, what it takes to win in the spiritual battle. So until we meet tomorrow, my God bless you, strengthen you, make his face shine upon you, fill you from the inside out. Might your heart be pure and godly. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless you. Bye-bye.